Welcome to 2020. Welcome to the latest episode of the Unplugged Health series. Take one, one, two, as always, unplugged. So, um, we'll get planned because I know you uh, messaged me earlier and I was in a bit of a rush. Confirmed that we're doing the podcast tonight and I was like, right, I'll just follow your lead. So, well, a topic has come up a couple of times and I've done a live in my group actually today talking about how it's not just guys, but I framed it as guys do it. And the people I've spoke about has been wives talking about their husbands um, and how we like to, we set our goals high. Yeah. But we usually put too much on our plate and we look at what we used to do and think we're still going to do it. And I used to be the worst culprit of it when, when I first started coming here or to see you for treatment was like 2000 and, eight or nine or something and I was competing in bodybuilding and my whole life was just bodybuilding I think I was working in gyms then yeah so literally like I would train for an hour I'd do hours cardio or something something crazy like that and then I would train clients and everything was just built around that so then a few years later in a relationship working in the corporate world wanting to get into bodybuilding style shape I then ended up saying I'll just do 12, 14 weeks of what I've done on a competition diet and that sort of training. But it doesn't work like that. And I see many, many people that are adults now that used to be an athlete or they were a real good football player in their early 20s or real good runner. And they've had injury or now they've got kids and built their business up or they're just really, really busy. And then they try to say, I'm going to do what I've done then. I'm going to start running like that or I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. And then they get really frustrated because they can't keep it up. So instead of doing everything, they do nothing. And it's actually a psychological aspect that if we, if we put so much on our plate that we're going to do this diet, we're going to follow these supplement, this supplement plan, we're going to do this training methodology. It makes it okay to fail subconsciously because, but you wouldn't expect someone with that busy lifestyle so it's okay I'm too busy for that rather than doing the bare bare minimum and building it up from there or or, yeah and doing starting what's what's doable and then going from there it's a tough one isn't it because I think none of us especially if you've played sport or you competed at a high level I don't think you really lose that that feeling of competition or that or that drive to to get success whatever, yep. whatever success is it doesn't it's one of the you. reasons they're that successful in business yeah. right and i so i think we use that a lot to drive us forwards but i think we get frustrated is that we don't we underestimate the uh, the effects of the other responsibilities either either with family or with relationships or you know um other interests yeah and that so then everything else either gets in the way so we get frustrated so either we frustrate and fail or we frustrate and push harder. And by pushing harder, we just get more anxious, more, more stressed, more frustrated. Circle. Um, more stress on the body, more inflammation, everything like that. I think also the other thing is is that not to use an age game as in the age element of, the, of how old you are, but I see it as that you have different phases of your life. So I, my oldest son now is 20, the, um, uh, and he has... In many ways, he doesn't realize it. The the most amount of spare time, the most amount of spare income, and the least amount of responsibility. Mm-hmm. 
but you don't know it at that time. No. So then you so you have a certain element of <coughs> lifestyle or you can put time and energy into either training or sport or or even studying or so. And then you get to your middle midlife element where you've got more added responsibilities, but you still have that same mindset. You're mm-hmm. still young at heart and in thought process. So you go, oh, I'm going to engage in a new life, a new training thing, or I'm going to get fit, or a new new business adventure or something. And so you go into that same level of enthusiasm, but we underestimate the other responsibilities, which are which are energy consuming and time consuming. So we then kind of under pressure, and so we get stressed about it, and then we either stress that we fail or we go, oh well, I can't do it. And this this is a discussion. I, I, as you know, I work with many executive directors, um, business owners, whatever we want to call ourselves, that are super super busy. And the amount of times I've had people say to me, "I'm too busy to work out," or to focus on my health. And when I've actually worked with some of like people that have got like four or five jobs, people that are really really busy, got two three kids. And they're implementing these things. It makes me realise that a lot of us is a psychological thing going on. Yeah, and it's a commitment side of things. It's not but, a time problem. It's a time management. But, but problem But do you also well. think that the perception is to do that takes a lot, a lot of work, a lot more time, and those are the things that I already feel that I'm pressured on. Where time something poor, as simple rich. as simple as like let's look at the diet and clean up the diet a bit. It doesn't actually have to take up a lot of time. It's just making different choices and making um, having a little bit more aware, aware awareness and forward planning. It doesn't take I've got to go to the gym for two hours, four times a week, and now where am I going to find that time? My family's already telling me I'm, you know, at late at night at work and this and this. So some of the things don't actually take a lot of time or energy. They just need they a bit of a different. Well. Yeah, and they needed just a, a different framing and looking <coughs> at it, saying okay. So instead of having you know breakfast on the run, I can prepare that. So without really making any big changes in time and effort, I'm eating healthier. Or I can do this, this, and make sure that I'm getting to bed at a, at a better time to sleep. And so then, or what other things am I actually filling the day with that don't serve me? So I, I had a, a patient the other day who was frustrated because her husband is working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, within uh, financial services and it works well for him because he's now freed up some time with travel he's at home he's working but um, his de-stressor time is then gaming mm-hmm. but his sleep his sleep is is disrupted he's more stressed and all sorts but to him gaming was time is time out but actually we know physiologically especially that it's late at night and that it's actually more stressful yeah so, so his time out. Especially when, so when you, you realise by an eight-year-old, yeah, yeah, who's who's in the other side of the world? Yeah, and you can't you can't and, slap him. And so, so he's then like, well, I want to get fit and, and healthy and stronger, but his perception is that he would lose his time out and his de-stressing time, but actually, it's not delivering. So sometimes I was also realising that some of the things I have in place don't actually serve the purpose. It's so, admitting that stuff as well. And I think one of the big things as well that a lot of people don't admit doesn't serve them is alcohol yeah. for a lot of the times because that's a big de-stressor, right? But it's the reliance on it. So it's having it to enjoy rather than need it. 
Uh, and I've had clients in the past that like their progress has stalled because they're not prepared to cut down on the alcohol a little bit or have it over a certain period of time and, and they don't realize the actual impact that has. Yeah, and that's the, one of the classic ones of realizing that the perceived benefit is actually not met. Mm. So very often when they change that, they realize that. But at the time, they're like, well, what do you mean? Excuse I had me. a, um, this is probably a couple of years ago, um, a chat with one of the guys I play, periodically play golf with. And he turned around and he said, out of the blue, we we're just chatting. He goes, I get the impression that you're one, and this is one, you're one of those who can go out, socialize and go out for a meal with groups but not drink. And I went, yeah, I said, I enjoy yeah. a beer, but if I've got work the next day or something on, I'm, and I, but I still, the key is to go and socialize or hook up with friends. I'm quite happy to go out and have a drink. And he opened, turned around and said, I can't do that. He said, to socializing to me involves drinking. And I was like, it's quite an interesting concept, isn't that? He goes, yeah, he says, I'm really trying to change that because I know that I drink too much. But his, his, at least he had that understanding. But to him, socializing meant alcohol. Socializing meant drinking and drinking ex- excess. Not just having a glass, with a, with a, a glass of wine with a meal. It was drinking and socializing are, are together. You, don't, you can't separate. He had no perception what that meant. It's, it's interesting that... And he's in his mid-50s. One of the things that, uh, as guys... And this is ironic that yesterday was International Women's Day. Like, how many of our wives like have probably said something behind their back that we're not doing the things that they would like us to do as such? Like, we've taken care of their health. I'm pretty certain that Laura, my wife, has said that over the years. At some point, when I was really out of shape, that he's not doing the things that he says. And the amount of wives I've spoken to that have said, "I wish my husband would do this. I wish he would yeah. take care." Like, he finishes work at nine o'clock, but then goes to sleep at nine fifteen. So we have our 15 minutes and, or I wish he'd cut down on his drink and the stubbornness of being a guy is like, I don't want to hear that from my wife to tell me to do it. Yeah, we, we've, but what is the trigger to actually make us do it? My wife and I, I mean, you know the details and then from the, the, the last you know, good number of years yeah. from various uh, reasons of, of a huge amount of stress and aware that that takes its toll. So mm-hmm. we've, we've had to have an honest conversation and she's, she said the same. It's like, I'm aware that this takes has an effect on you down the line so we've had to really look and try and at least acknowledge and understand that 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 happens because it takes us toll through time i think as well with guys like the vulnerability of actually talking about it i've i've pushed my um my facebook group where it's it's just a private facebook group that i mean there's like 500 people in there but i've kind of resurrected it so actually pushing people to get there and i was speaking to my marketing team and if i was targeting to work with women the amount of people that click on the facebook ad and then join the group is about 80 90 percent with guys it's between 20 and 50 percent because we don't always reach out and ask for help with these things and we have our coping mechanisms like i play playstation love playstation and there used to be times when i used to play it till really late and now it's it is a recharge but it's not very like a long while i get on that so but, I, I know my wife laura appreciates that i use that time to chill out and luckily she likes looking at some of the stories and stuff like that which is always good but um 
or seeing me getting frustrated on some of the harder games. So I, I have a, uh, an observation and a theory based just on the perception of, of uh, that concept of male and female, of how they approach um, uh, talk and talk therapy mm-hmm. within, the, within, a social, within, their, within their social groups. And that, that element is that, so from, I, and this is only, I'm not saying this is right, this is only my observation and my, and my thoughts. Um, there's a lot is that men feel that women talk too much amongst everything together and women feel that men should talk more. And my observation from a male's perspective is that I agree that men should be more comfortable at seeking and talking uh, and uh, especially stresses and that. But men are very selective of who they do that. Mm-hmm. It's not an open, an open discussion. So if I meet with a group of friends and we stand around, I won't suddenly bring up the t- a topic of, hey, listen, this, I'm having some problems with this and that. What do you, and, and I need to ex- talk about this and, and let get it off my chest. It's, we, men don't use it as a platform. However, it's not to say that men shouldn't talk and, and, and express it, but they need the, the cave element. Is The cave is the sanctuary. It's, it's confidential and, and it's within confidence. So men tend to do that quite happily with the one-to-one, with a friend or something who they have confidence in not in a group session with a whole lot of people unless they've all come together with the same concept whereas whereas women will be quite happily to use everyone as a sounding board yeah and men are mr fix it so i know if i say to a couple of yeah. friends i know a couple of friends will turn around and say you know what you need to do this 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 and it's like you go out and get wasted i don't i don't want to be told what to do i yep. just need to and so I'll men, happily do that with my wife though when she's got a problem I'll then go into co- being a coach yeah, and I'm being a, a man I'm as guilty as that yeah, because you, you suddenly kick in so we got to think I just got to listen um, but but it doesn't come naturally for a, ma- a male in a group setting to ask um, so whether it's you know historically judgment or weakness or so but men are getting better at that they just need to be more comfortable and sometimes actually easier to do that in a with a stranger or in a therapy element as that this isn't a weakness but I'm using you as as help so I don't need to do it in my social group I don't need to change those parameters but I still need to get that benefit mm-hmm. um, it's a quite interesting dynamic yeah because the classic is isn't it men men want women to be more like men and women more like men and so they're all men off Mars women from Venus we need to understand each other's differences um, and talk in confidence and and you know share those stresses i think it's really really important but it's changing men yeah. are getting better with that yeah i think there's a lot more openness for for guys to talk more well when you look at the stats of of the the levels of suicide under the age of 50 something's not working is it like 78 percent men it's the highest it's the highest uh um killer in men under 50 mm. it's suicide that's that's horrendous yeah it's ridiculous ridiculous i think uh, if anything come from this that guys like reach out and and speak to people like and there's plenty of there are groups around like um there's a group that meets up called bro society and at first i didn't want to go as much because there's like younger guys there i'm in my 30s there's guys in their 20s but there's there's guys that go in their 40s and 50s there that just go and chat and all through lockdown because of the restrictions you're allowed up to 15 people at once for mental health support groups so we were still meeting up in person 
and that was that was a powerful thing yeah just to go there because you, you hold like we have like a, a group circle as such like all in chairs at the moment i think we're meeting at erpingham house um and like if anyone wants details of it then drop me a message or ask roger and he'll he'll give you my details to, to drop me a message uh like they've got like an object like a crystal or something or just whatever just so that person's got that everyone listens yeah so hard not to go into coach mode just all guys and then being a coach but just listen and you don't realize the things that you want to chat about and get off your chest and it's it's really powerful just to talk about that stuff really powerful yeah as as i said it is changing um but the dynamics of it needs to be what that person feels comfortable with yeah so um yeah, you, you, you talking and sharing, sharing the that, and as I said, your experience of that will be oh, other people who are high performers and successful don't have it all together all the time. Mm. We, you know, it's it's a big, um, it's a it's a, a big challenge, and the things are changing, but need to continue to change. And also listen, like that's. Well, men, men traditionally don't. That's a skill I want to work on more. I do it well with clients, I believe. And it's something I work on, like waiting for a client to finish, then going into like how can I help or how can I respond and things like that. And it's something I've been taught in the coaching methodologies. But when it comes to friends, wife, family, boom, straight into coach mode. And then not into the listening coach mode as into the I want to fix things. So, uh, yeah. And sometimes taking the time and then listening, you actually hear what the problem is rather than what they just say. Yeah, or you jump ahead, don't you? Go like, I know what the problem is. And then, and it's I'm not, already there's fixed, nothing more frustrating when someone moves. finishes your sentences with something else. Yeah, <laughs> or says, "Well, you know what you need to do." Yeah, and it's like, "Well, no, I don't," because I wouldn't have be said this, it. If I wouldn't be, this, <laughs> wouldn't be in this situation before. So, how do we get around that element of um, success and reaching goals and achieving things without um overloading and burning out or um kind of almost uh setting up to fail because it's not going to be achievable you do it one day at a time like my book the one day body upgrade there you go like but do it one literally just do small things that you can implement and stack success on top of success so there's that old adage. Yeah, I like, like that stack on success on top of success well, because it, it, when you have the perception that someone else has got is the complete article, it suggests that that person just has it. Mm. And rather that they haven't worked on it, they haven't failed, they haven't built things. They've also things that haven't worked out and had to change things. Um, it is very much a, a process. Yeah, I like that. I think as well. like Stacking on, it's a bit like the layers of the onion we use. Why, why do you why do you want to do something like I've had clients before where I can see that there's a problem with gluten or something so we said first off we'll just cut out bread and then oh, I just had a little bit so, well, that isn't going to work you can't be 90% pregnant you either are or you aren't yeah. so if you gluten's having an issue you cut it out or not but we'll start with bread and you can see they're going to get the results and I just like why do you want this and it's okay not to actually want to improve your health right now and I think we frustrate ourselves more and more if we try and improve our health yeah. when it's not the right time. But it's you, taking responsibility. But do you think also we, we live in a world of, of quick fix and instant gratification? Quick fix, so it's like, okay, so what I'll do is 
I'll drop gluten um, and then uh, pasta. I'll go low carb and then uh, I need to go to the gym. So I'm going to sign up and I'll I'll go four times a week. And then um, you know alcohol is not a very good thing. So I'm just going to drink water. Put everything and dry January. Yeah, everything. That, that. And then it's like, how are you doing? You know, six eight weeks down the line, it's like I feel like crap. And it's like, well, of course you're going to. You just like try to strip out the car, re re configure the whole thing, stick it all back together and then into into the uh, the new F1. Well, it's kind of what the F1 guys have done, haven't they? They're yeah, really but they're professionals. <laughs> but uh, they've been working on that the new car for, for a for couple years. of years. Also, so that's the thing. And then there's testing and what works and doesn't work. It's it's. I think we, we look at people who seem to have it all and who seem to be successful, that they've got it. We've just got to do that all, all straight away. But also remember that the longest way to do something is a quick fix in nine times out of 10, 90% of the time, the thing that takes the longest is the quick fix because we do it over and over and over and over again. And we get more frustrated. I had a guy come to me last week and he'd seen the results that one of um, his friends got um, an old person I used to work with. He's a client of mine. And he saw a post that I put out that saying that working with guys looking for three or four guys that really want to change things, not for someone that isn't ready to implement it. And he's like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. I want this. I want to drop free stone. Why do you want to drop free stone? Let's get on a call. And then um, I said, are you sleeping? Right? No, I'm waking up groggy. I'm feeling tired. And I think he was waking through the night as well. Um, How's your energy levels? Oh, they're really, really bad. Okay, well, let's get on a call and we'll chat through it. And I was going to talk through the energy stuff with him. Then he spoke to the guy and he's like, don't want to pay that much at the time. So I don't really want to spend that amount at the moment. Okay, that's fine. I'm just going to join the gym. And I said, like, the gym isn't what you need right now. You're stressed out. You've got yeah. no routine. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The gym becomes an additional stress, additional energy center. And that's just a vicious circle and, to and, fall off. And so... Yeah. And it's, it's okay to admit the priorities at that time because it's not ready to pay that much. That's fine. I would try this, this and that, which is free. Um, and then I said to him, I've got other levels of package as well. Uh, and it was the same time as well that he'd just picked up his brand new car. So it's, it's just a priority thing. And I think it takes a lot of strength to admit that it's not a priority. But sometimes moment. also the investment don't you think that sometimes the investment financially sometimes is made easier and they can see that that's worthwhile spending money once they make one or two basic changes start shifting so that element of sleep you know the basics if you if a lot of people if you get so so with a lot of our functional clients a lot of people so i had one patient the other day said oh do you do the dutch uh test and you can you do these tests and this test i said yeah, I, we, I can order them. I said, but I can very quickly get you to spend eight, nine hundred pounds on getting some tests. But the key with the test is why do you want the test? Yeah. Oh, I think there's some hormonal issues. I think there's this. I said, okay, cool. First thing we do is we look at your lifestyle and understand where you're at. Because some of the things that can make the biggest impact are free and easy. Mm-hmm. Then, if we feel we don't want to guess, we test. Yeah. And I said, I'd rather spend half the amount of money on what I think you need, then throw a whole lot out. And so sometimes when people then make some of the basic changes and they see the enthused, they want to invest that bit more, but it's not as big an investment. Yeah, and this is where I, we're in a group of entrepreneurs and a mastermind I'm part of, and we go down and see a lot of the guys every month in London. 
and it came up in the chat and uh, this person was talking about get some testing done so what do you want it for I don't know I just want to get like an MOT done like, fair enough um, and then someone said oh Ollie's doing his best not to pitch in here because there's a no pitch thing I was like I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying but I could probably see a lot more than the test just from going through this questionnaire and that questionnaire yeah. and looking at symptoms and a lot of people like the amount of times that people were recommending different tests that cost like two three four five hundred pounds each at a time and at the end of the day when we have a test we want to be able to retest to see what the difference is as well, right? Well, so and also a lot of tests. And end. A lot of tests don't give you the benefit or the information by themselves. Yeah. So very often they come with, if we're going to do that test, we need this test. Yeah. And if we do that, and so before loans, you've done four or five different tests, and you, you they're not necessarily going to give you all the answers to change. So sometimes it's it's, it's the wrong say, way around. Uh, I, and I you'll probably see it as well uh, with functional clients, functional medicine clients. Probably about 90% of them, I can see amazing results without any tests. Yeah, yeah. Now, but the odd one, that will just stump you a bit and we need more information. But that's what a test does. Yeah. It's the same as we use x-ray or an MRI. It's not that we don't, we don't need to x-ray an MRI every single person, but there becomes a clinical necessity saying the additional information I get will help mm-hmm. so we can take, either take your care to another level or there's some things that are unexplained, so I need some additional information. Exactly. Well, we've gone we through go. quite a bit on that. It's always unplugged. Don't do too much. Do enough. What, what is your? Uh, what was your your statement? I wanted to finish off with that. That the longest, the shortest path, the longest, the longest way to do something is with a quick fix. But it wasn't that, was it? It was stacking success. No, I like the stacking. No, I like. No, yeah. I wanted to finish with is that the longest, the, the longest, longest. If you want to take the longest route. Go with a quick fix. Start with a quick fix. I think we need to word that right. Yeah. And then it can be a motto. The longest route to success is starting with looking for a quick fix. The so quickest long... route to failure is a quick fix. <laughs> Along those, those lines. Something like that. As you can see, we're not taking the quick fix here. I'm trying to figure <laughs> that out. Thanks very much for joining us. As always, we're available for Reach some out, feedback. Ask for... Reach out. Ask for help. And uh, then look for the quick fix. Take care. Take care. See you next time.